Prepare yourself for the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. Welcome, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New every Thursday, anywhere you get your podcast totally free. Thank you for tuning in and downloading and subscribing and listening and whatever you do with the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for doing it, and thank you for checking it out. As I always tell you, the interviews you hear on this podcast originated on my Sirius XM radio show, You can hear that live Monday through Friday in the U.S. and Canada from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Channel 106 Volume, nightly re-airs 10 to midnight Eastern, and of course, anything you want, anytime you want on the Sirius XM app. Nightly re-airs of Trunk Nation, 10 to midnight Eastern on the radio, and of course, like I said, on the app when you want. If you're only listening to this podcast, you're only getting a tiny, tiny sample of what I do every day live on the radio So come on board and join me if you are in the U.S. or Canada. If you're not and you're outside the U.S. or Canada where you can't get SiriusXM, well, this is another way for you to get a taste of what I do every day on the radio by bringing you a a sampling of my interviews here on this podcast. And what a sampling we have for you this week, my recent conversation with Lars Ulrich of Metallica, talking about the 30th anniversary of the Black Album and a whole lot more. I have known Lars pretty much since the beginning of Metallica, band has huge history in New Jersey, where I've lived my whole life, and I have personal history with Metallica that goes back a tremendously long period of time. And Lars, you know, the story goes on this interview you're about to hear that Lars actually was supposed to do this interview a couple weeks prior, and he was scheduled to do my show for about 40 minutes, and he got hung up on the Howard Stern show which of course is also on Sirius XM. So we got to my show that day really, really late and only had like six minutes before my show ended, but he promised me that he would make it up to me and call back when he had more time. And he did exactly that a couple weeks later. And that's the interview you're about to hear. So there was another interview that was about six minutes long. This one, and you hear me reference it probably at the top, Uh, This one was a make good on that because I kind of got shortchanged on my time. But Lars, a man of his word, uh, got on with me. And I mean, look, this he and I could talk for hours. (laughs) We have, but we clearly could very easily just being the big rock fans that we are. But I just got out of his way and teed him up a couple times and let him say what he wanted to say. And you're about to hear the results here uh, in this interview coming up in a matter of minutes. Of course, The Black Album reissue is out now for you to check out in various configurations. We also talk about the Companion CD, which is a bunch of bands doing covers of Black Album songs, and that was done for charity, so for a very good cause on that. We'll get to Lars here in a second. 
I want to remind you, if you are in the area of Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, look for me this weekend at Monsters on the Mountain at the LeConte Center. I will be there all weekend as one of the hosts for that, along with my That Metal Show partners, Don and Jim. Also coming up, I will be at 80s in the Sand, Cancun, Mexico. Uh, Looking forward to that. And also an event with Tommy Skio in Atlanta on Halloween. All the information on all my appearances on the homepage of eddytrunk.com. And it just rolls on from there. Be sure to follow on Twitter and Instagram, especially both of those outlets where I'm most active at Eddie Trunk. Like I said, there's a fan page on Facebook. eddytrunk.com is the website. And I am on Cameo as well if you'd like a personalized video. Uh, what else can I tell you? Some cool, a cool radio special with Sammy Hagar that I did on Catalina Island last week. It was a Q&A and an acoustic performance. It was a radio special that aired on my channel on Sirius XM Volume on 106. It's now on the app. It's replaying this weekend. Check that out if you're a subscriber. Uh, You will love it. I will not be able to bring you that content here to the podcast because there's a lot of music in it, but I think you will enjoy it for our subscribers to SiriusXM. Be sure to check that out. You don't want to miss it. Another cool radio special coming up. At the time I'm doing this, it's not confirmed, so I can't tell you details, but it's going to be awesome when that happens. It's great to have things going on and uh, you know to tell you about cool broadcasts and cool events and have some of that coming back as well. I'm going to uh, get out of the way here and make way for Lars Ulrich and my conversation with Lars. That is our interview this week, and it's coming up on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, as promised, my guest this week is Lars Ulrich. This interview took place a couple weeks ago on Trunk Nation on Sirius XM. Here it is in its entirety for you right now on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Enjoy. All right, we are back. We are live on a Friday, talking rock with you, live with you daily here on Sirius XM Volume. It's Eddie Trunk. This is Trunk Nation. And uh, this is a man of his word right here because we had him a couple weeks ago, and uh, he was extremely busy, and we only had a couple quick minutes to say hello. And he said, we will make this up. I will get back to you. And that's exactly what he's doing. Joining me now live on the phone is the one and only Lars Ulrich. How are you, brother? Hey, man. You know what? It's a beautiful day in San Francisco. The sun is shining. Uh, good day to be alive, and uh, always a pleasure to be with you. And thanks for having me. And sorry it was so uh, nutty uh, uh, a couple, what, three weeks ago there in L.A., but it was uh, <laughs> we were just on that high coming off uh, yeah. the great Howard three-hour uh, marathon and, and with <laughs> Miley, and, and then we had to kind of do uh, you know a bunch of different things and then off somewhere else, and it was you know being carted around. But... Uh, of course, uh, when I tell you I'm going to call you back, I'm call- I call you back, bro. <laughs> you do, you, you do, man. That. Thank you. I and appreciate that. If not, you can that. always text me and ask me what the fuck, right? So I know, I know, I can always rattle your cage, but I know you're busy. I don't like to bother you. Uh, so listen, man. W- let me let me start with this. So how has it been to be back out there playing shows? Because you guys have done. We were getting calls. I was getting calls. Hey, man, Metallica's playing a club in Chicago and then playing a club in San Francisco and doing these little shows. And then, of course, you got back out on the big festival circuit last weekend. How has it felt to be out there playing again after all this time coming off of COVID, still dealing with COVID? What's it been like for you guys? 
very emotional on every level. I mean, obviously, uh, it's invigorating and and it's uh, inspiring and it's fucking. I mean, just great to get back out there. I think it's been. Um, I think it was uh, just about two years, maybe a little over two years since we stepped off stage at, at S&M. And obviously we'd done, we did the drive-in thing last summer. We did an All Within My Hands virtual event and a couple TV appearances. But in terms of live shows with live audiences and, and, and that that real deal, uh, it's been over two years. So I, I believe that in the... Uh, 600 years Metallica has been going that that's been the <laughs> longest absence from the live stage we've ever had. So honestly, uh, when we stepped on stage at the independent uh, in San Francisco, what is about two weeks ago now, uh, definitely nervous, a little daunting. Uh, how do we do this again? <laughs> uh, I hope the muscle memory, uh, you know, uh, will, will come back and obviously we've been rehearsing and prepping and, Staying in shape and uh, and 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 getting the peloton in on a daily basis and all the rest of it, uh, but you never know. And uh, so we had a great show in San Francisco. Uh, a week later, we had a, a a great show in in Chicago back at the Metro, which we uh, what well, we played at the Count the Kill 'Em All tour. This is the uh, the infamous show where uh, I think it's in the Cliff 'Em All video, and and it's definitely made the rounds where. Uh, where James is holding up the Kill 'Em All album that had just been released, I think within a week or two of when we were playing there, and uh, I think it's in Metal Militia. We're doing kind of a breakdown sing-along thing, and he holds Kill 'Em All up, and somebody in the audience snags it or jumps up and grabs it, and and so lots of memories there, and full circle back, uh, I guess, uh, 38 years later. So uh, so much fun. To be back there, that show uh, was crazy, fucking hot. They were having uh, like a September heat wave. I think it was like 95 every day in Chicago, and oh. up on stage at the Metro there, which is up on the second floor. It was about a uh, 195 degrees, definitely uh, gasping for air through some of that show. But but those two were great. And then um, down to Louisville a couple of days later, and and playing the the Friday and the Sunday of the Louder Than Life Festival, two completely different sets, uh, no repeats, uh, which I'm super proud of. Uh, yeah. But that, you know, in the, uh, you know, outside Friday night, it's uh, 60 degrees, uh, got a little elbow room up on stage. Uh, I, I have to tell you, the muscle memory came back actually quicker on those bigger shows that, than on the smaller ones. But so happy to be back out there. So grateful to feel the the energy of the fans and 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 their patience uh, through all this shitstorm of the last year and a half with COVID. And so happy to reconnect uh, with the fellas and 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 my brothers in the band and and play music and and share that experience once again with a live audience and and being in the moment and and just feeling it and and. I would say that uh, you know all is very well in, in Metallica in in the fall of '21, but fuck, I, I hope for uh, for the rest of our career that there's not another two-year absence uh, from the live stage. So it's it's been uh, definitely a bit of a whirlwind, lots of emotions, but uh, 
you know, happy to be back out there and, and like I said, happy to be uh, connecting with everybody again. Obviously a little odd. Uh, we really have taken the, the COVID seriously and put ourselves in a bubble and not seeing anybody. And, and you're at a festival like Louder Than Life and your friends in Judas Priest are in the dressing room next door and our friends in Gojira and our friends in Volbeat and our friends in Disturbed and all our friends in all the different bands that we've had so many experiences with for decades are all over the place and we want to go hang out with them and and, and engage. And, and so it's been a little weird to not be able to do any of that but uh, and not do the meet and greets and, and see the, the fans and in the you know fan club meet and greets and and all that uh signing stuff at the hotel but we've you know we've we've taken the the covid stuff super seriously and and the flip side of that has been that our touring party which i guess is uh i don't know what are we 12 14 15 um we've been having dinner together every night and we've been going to some movie theaters and and hanging out and 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 it's actually bought the touring party uh super close because we we sort of uh we've just been hanging and and socializing with each other rather than running uh off in four different directions like a bag of marbles uh and uh, <laughs> so it, it it's been uh it it's been great but man um I'm so happy to be back at it again. Yeah, you know, I I was at I hosted a festival a few weeks ago that I host every year in Oklahoma, Rocklahoma, and usually it's the same thing backstage. It's just that huge community of people. Everybody knows each other and going in and out of everybody's trailers and who's saying hi, who's hanging with who. That's one of the fun things about those these festivals, especially when you you know everybody. And yeah, it's everybody was bubbled up in their respective compounds and trailers and it wasn't for lack of not wanting to see people it's just no. the bottom line is you got to no. get the show and you got to get what's you know you got to get to the stage and and stay yeah. healthy and that's no, that's it, where it, we're at right now fucking crazy i mean it's just so crazy to uh you know we're up in chicago and uh we find out that you know judas priest is in town the same day we're in chicago you know our brothers in anthrax we're hanging up in chicago uh my friend Les Claypool, you know, was uh, doing a Primus tour. Was in Chicago the day after. I mean, it's just, it's yeah. just fucking crazy not to be able to see anybody. And 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 so much for me, at least about touring is is the social element. When we're home, and we're doing our thing, and and it's family time, and and so on. That's when sort of you're a little more under the radar. But being on the road, man, is is about seeing your pals and interacting and getting out amongst it and feeling the energy and of, of the fans. And like I said, the meet and greets and hanging out, you know, with people, it, it just gives you a, it gives you like a, a, I don't know, a sense of purpose and, and no, it's, so it's, it's sort of I mean, odd yeah. to be uh, locked away in your hotel room. Totally. And it's just, that's not, that's not what the, the DNA of touring is supposed to be about, you know? Right. And anybody that knows you, I mean, we've had some great hangs after shows or whatever and things that we've done. So that's just so so much some such a part of what you look forward to. And it it sucks. But hopefully we'll get back to where that's at before. I, I want to ask you some stuff about the Black Album, obviously, which I know is still what's you know, what's going on. But I want to ask you, you touched on doing the set and changing and, and at Louder Than Life doing different sets each night. And I looked down those set lists, and I thought it was amazing what you did. And you did the Black Album on the second night in reverse order. But, you know, Lars, as you know, and, and one of the things I love about you so much is, is you're a fan first and foremost, like me. You're just, we're just fans. 
And you know that I get calls all the time from people who go to see their favorite bands. They're like, it's the same friggin' set list every year. And a lot of times I'll talk to artists about this and I'll be like, why don't you change it up a little too, a little, a little more? And they'll tell me honestly that they don't want to put in the work to have to rehearse all those songs and have them all down tight. You guys have put in that work because to do two headlining sets and not repeat a song is amazing. What was the prep like to be able to do that? <laughs> oh, I appreciate that, man. Uh, first of all, uh, the prep, uh, uh, the easy answer is the prep is never enough. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, we certainly are not, and, and I'm sure you and I have talked about this before, yeah, we were certainly not one of those bands that lock ourselves down for like a month and do, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day type of rehearsal. I mean, we we obviously got to familiarize ourselves with songs and, and we got to, you know, I mean, so much of it, obviously at this age is just getting in shape and, and getting the, the physical elements, you know, back, back up to par. Um, there are, I don't know, in the last 10, 15 years, as we started getting away from the, um, the, 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 the kind of repeating the same set list, every show, uh, we, we forced ourselves. I think it was, maybe the St. Anger tour. So I guess it's coming up on 20 years now. Um, we started offering the shows, making the shows available uh, for download. And, 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 you know, if anybody wanted to take every show that we were playing live, people could take home. You get, you know, uh, MP3s, CDs, whatever. Uh, and that sort of made us change the set list. Uh, I guess we're close to 20 years on that. Um, so we haven't played same set twice in almost 20 years which uh, i'm super proud of uh but there's about 50 or 60 songs uh give or take that we've been playing for the better part of the last 15 years that we can sort of roll into not necessarily at a moment's notice but it's not like starting from scratch so if you said uh some crazy uh play uh I don't know, attitude from deep inside reload that, that would be, that's a harder proposition. You know, I got to sit down and kind of learn that and, and how to, whatever, but let's call it the 50 or 60 songs that we can sort of kind of punt our way through if we need to. So, um, and, and we've been playing when we play doubles and triples and so on in cities, we pride ourselves on, on, on obviously going deep, but there are some songs and our Sandman, Master Puppets, one that are kind of mainstays of the set, obviously. Uh, so to play two sets, that was kind of the dare uh, that uh, Danny Wimmer and, and his crew who run these festivals, uh, when they came to us a couple of years ago, we want to do something we've never done before, which is have a Metallica show bookend uh, the Friday and the Sunday of the festival. And then you guys would play, quote, unique sets. Now, unique sets, obviously, as you know, can mean anything. <laughs> as long as right. it's just different, you could take the same set and just slip it on its head or leave out a couple songs or whatever. But we took the dare all the way, all the way, uh, all the way to the finish line and didn't repeat any of the songs. And so I guess we were, what, 33, 34 songs in by the time we were done over the weekend. It was super fun. I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said it wasn't challenging. Um, uh, always, I think anybody that knows us well knows that we always sort of, you know, it's, it's a bit of a high wire act. We always feel 10% under-rehearsed, but that also 
makes it a little more um, uh, the energy of the moment. You feel like you're really fucking in the moment with the rest of the guys in the band, with the audience, because you're you feel like you're never you're never more than like you know if you lose your focus, you know, falling off the high wire. And so it also makes it feel sort of more like alive, or more real, or, or more kind of just uh, just crazy cool like there you are dangerous spontaneity so, uh, that's what the whole beauty of live is exactly i think that, yeah. i mean you know you and i i mean we've we've done the talks uh late at night about the deep yeah. purples and you know richie blackmore will take a solo back in 1972 and he'll just keep soloing till he doesn't want to solo anymore and then he'll look sure. over at ian pace and and then they'll go into the third chorus or whatever and, and obviously there was a great impulsivity, a great spontaneity, a great momentary energy that came out of that, which uh, to a degree, I don't want to get on my high horse here, but certainly the live dangerous element has been missing a little bit. I'm not saying that, that, that we fulfill that, but I'm just saying for us to be able to go out and play different songs every night keeps us uh, keeps us sort of invigorated, keeps us focused, uh, keeps us sort of in the moment, and and I think it's a way to make sure that you don't drift off on autopilot. Uh, but there were a couple moments. I mean, there were some deeper cuts on the Black Album, uh, the struggle within. Uh, what are they? Uh, the, My friend of misery. A couple of those. I don't think we've played for ten years, and and. As you're kind of going through those live in front of forty, fifty thousand people, it's like holy shit. No matter how much you rehearse, it's still the first time you play them. That's it's like the ultimate rehearsal is the first couple of shows is 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 when you play them in front of people, and it's still you're kind of sitting there going, holy fuck, <laughs> uh, how, how how are we doing here? But I think we uh, I think people appreciated the fact that we put the time in and they got to see two completely different sets. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So so talking about the Black Album, and of course the reissue is out now, and it's been brilliant what you've been doing going through the catalog as everything hits 30. Uh, we, we talked about uh, Justice, which was the last one, of course, now with the Black Album. There's a few different a angles to this, of course. you got the Blacklist, which is the tribute, re or the, the, I guess, tribute record to the Black Album is the way to look at it, and that's for charity, and that's wonderful. 53 artists. I want to ask you about that in a second, but Going back to the original uh, Black Album, in the few minutes that we had when we talked a couple weeks ago, I'd mentioned this to you. As somebody that was with Metallica and played Metallica on the radio from day one, from Jump in the Fire, Kill Em All, that period, it's, it's astonishing to me when I remember that band to think of where the Black Album is and the success of it and how it's looked at still 30 years ago. I imagine it's even as amazing to you to think about a band that, you know, in 1983, you couldn't find a more uncommercial band. You know, I literally had Johnny Z knocking on my door, begging me to play Jump in the Fire because no one would play it on the radio. And I'm like, yeah, come in. It's crazy. Like what, you know, and to think of this from my perspective, and I'm sure your perspective to think of what's happened is amazing. So revisiting the Black Album, revisiting what this record did for your career and Metallica 30 years later, how has this whole experience been for you? Not only playing it, which you did in reverse order, but re remastering it, having artists do tribute songs to it. The whole experience for you, looking back on it and revisiting it, how's it been for you? 
I would say, well, thank you for that. I I would say the the first two words that come to mind is um, it's humbling and it's surreal. Uh, I I have a real hard time with with you know if if you sit, imagine imagine you and I sitting in in L.A. in 1990 1991 as we're doing this record. And and you know it, it, it's a shit show down at the studio, and and we're trying to make it happen, but you know everything is difficult, and and you know we're new producer, a new studio, and 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 some new attitude, and so on. And imagine if we'd sat there 30 years ago, 31 years ago, as we were trying to make this thing happen, that in 2021, this record would have the kind of life the kind of legs, the kind of uh, trajectory that it's had, I mean, that would be inconceivable because, as, as you hit upon yourself, back then, the type of shit that, that we were doing up through the 80s, the type of shit that, you know, the, the bands like us and, and the rest of our brothers and the other bands that were coming up through the same channels, it just it just was, it didn't exist in the mainstream. It, it didn't, it, did, it connected with a, a select group, and 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 obviously that select group was fucking passionate and and in it a hundred and ten percent. But it was something that that lived in its own world. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And so the fact that thirty years later, uh, a hard rock metal record, whatever you want to call it, can have that kind of uh, life, that kind of trajectory, is a mind fuck and a half, isn't it? Um, and and to be honest with you, I, I, I haven't done that many interviews. I think I did maybe half a dozen interviews about three, four weeks ago. And, and everybody I was doing these interviews where they were so gracious and they were so complimentary and they're sitting, you know, they use words like legacy and, you know, timeless, you know, and one of the all time classic records in the company of whatever, you know, these five biggest records of all time. And it's just, it's so fucking weird to me that that anything that we do uh, just lives in that same, in, in that same category. Do you know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's a, uh, you know, a combination of COVID sitting and, 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 and uh, sort of, uh, uh you know, re, re, you know, rethinking your purpose, rethinking your, you know, your priorities. Uh, being locked up for a year and a half, um, you know, as you get older, not taking anything for granted, uh, all that stuff. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, over the course of the years. You know, we've been confident, we've been cocky, we've spoken our momentary truths in interviews and stuff like that. But nowadays, and and at times we may have been, or at least speaking for myself, have been, you know, maybe more, yeah, you know, fuck yeah, biggest record or, you know, all that stuff. But right now in my current headspace, post-pandemic and... just kind of where we are, you know, uh, mid fifties and knocking on the door of late fifties and the big six zero, you know, uh, coming up in a couple of years and all that. I mean, the fact that, that we're 40 years into this and people still give a shit, it is, like I said before, a total mind fuck. And, um, 
if anything, I just feel so appreciative and 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 humbled and and it's just it's a little surreal when I sit and look over the 53 artists that are gracious enough to take time out of 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 their lives, their careers to play some of these songs, to cover them, to help us with our charity and, and to say all these crazy nice things about these songs and this record. Uh, sometimes it's almost um, it's almost like I, I end up removing myself a little bit that Metallica becomes also a third-person per- thing for me. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this band Metallica. Hmm. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I, I think the other side of that is that... Uh, just kind of as you as you move along in time, I I think we used to really feel that you know Metallica, we are Metallica, we own Metallica, we steer Metallica, we fucking control it, all that shit. Now, to me, I've started kind of tripping on this in the last couple of years. Is that Metallica is more like a state of mind? Metallica is a is something that that is for everybody, belongs to everybody. It, it's not. It doesn't just belong to you know the four of us or whatever. It's like Metallica's for everybody. Metallica is uh, you, you, know, you know as cheesy as it may sound. We're like the shepherds. We're we're the ones that are sort of steering it. But Metallica is a state of mind. It's an attitude, and it's something that that connects all of us through music and through hard music. And and so it's it's almost like a vehicle to connect to other people around you. Does that make sense? And, yeah, and yeah, completely. It, it, I understand like, what you're saying. Kind of, yeah. That's kind of my state state of mind about all of this in, in, in 21. Now, you know, I, I'm sure you and I hopefully will speak again uh, all the time, and maybe five years from now I'll have a different outlook on it, or ten years from now I'll have a different outlook on it. But right now, uh, where my head is at and, and with what we've been through as a, uh, you know, as a, as a, as a people, as a as a planet, for the last year and a half, that's where my head is. So it's just uh, I'm grateful and humbled, and the whole thing's kind of surreal that that the record uh, can have this kind of effect. But fuck, I'll take it, and I'm I'm thrilled to be a part of it. What Lars was referencing is uh, the Blacklist, which is the companion piece to the reissue to the Black Album, which, as he mentioned, 53 artists covering 12 songs, which means there's going to be a bunch of repeats in there and people taking different takes on different songs. That's right. I'm curious, and, and, and we should mention again, uh, amazing stuff that you guys do charitable. All the proceeds on the Blacklist record will be donated to charities, including All Within My Hands. But, but Lars, how, uh, how did that work as far as the reach out to the artists? Because it's a really eclectic mix of artists. There's some people on there that heavy rock fans are certainly going to know. There's some people they won't know. There's emerging artists. There's people from different genres of music. That speaks to how much the Black Album made an impact on such a wide variety of people beyond the metal community. But when you guys had the idea to do the Blacklist, I know you're into all kinds of music as well. How did you make that reach out? How did you decide? Was it the whole band came up with a list? Hey, let's go to this person, see if they want to do it. How did that process work? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like most things, um, at least in our world, it, they don't start out with they don't start out with necessarily with a vision of what the end, what you end up with the the end product. Or I hate using the word product, but but where the where it ends up. So the the initial idea was we were appreciative uh in knowing that there were a, 
certain number of crazy cool artists that would talk about the Metallica influence, uh, and and we're sort of you know aware of of, of who some of those uh, would be. So it started off by, you know, we had never curated uh, anything like this before. Obviously, there had been many different, way cool, uh, you know, you know, twelve Finnish hard rock bands pay tribute to Master Puppets, or <laughs> you know, Korean, the best of the Korean death metal <laughs> bands interpret Kill 'Em All, or you know, uh, bluegrass Metallica style, or hip hop and rap and. Latin American EDM guys do, you know, reload backwards or whatever. I mean, there's been obviously a lot of those things and so many of them so cool and 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 inspiring and different, but we had never we had never curated anything like that before. So the idea was really to just get it at the keyboard was really diversity. Get it out to as many different artist as possible from as many different musical backgrounds as possible as many different genres as many different countries as as many you know gender you know the whole thing just on across the board to make it truly a diverse package and a a, a global package and and have so many just different interpretations not put any boundaries on what it, it should it shouldn't be and also uh, not tell anybody. I mean, how are you going to sit down and tell an artist that you respect? Oh, oh, wow! Thanks, Dave De- uh, De- Gahan, for joining in. You've been assigned a wolf and man, and thank you, Phoebe Bridgers. <laughs> we assigned you uh, sad but true. I mean, that's not that's not how this works, and, and you're not going to tell a fellow artist what they can and can't do. So we basically realized that the only way to do it respectfully was to let everybody just pick whatever songs they wanted and and do whatever interpretations that they wanted and that was would be the beauty of it would be the diversity of that and other than you know if, if you have a charity that you'd like to suggest uh let's split it with all within my hands and and be as cool and as free as possible in the musical interpretation and and off we go and Obviously, these types of endeavors, you 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 reach out to maybe more people than you think will show up, uh, and <laughs> and then uh, most of them showed up, <laughs> uh, which was uh, crazy, unexpected. And but at the same time, what are you going to do? You're not going to sit there and go, "Oh, uh, we're having a ninety uh, percent." Uh, yes, uh, reply. So you, you, and you. Sorry, you, you know, come back for the uh, load and reload tribute album. I mean, that again, that's not how that's going to work. So all of a sudden, we ended up with this incredible number of of great artists. And obviously, I understand it's a it's a it's a it's a big it's a big package, big project, and. And it, you know, for me, they're still, you know, obviously having heard all of them, but immersing myself in them, and and, you know, it's a it's a it's a, it's a package you can keep coming back to and, and hearing different things. Obviously, with 53 different versions, but that was sort of uh, that's sort of the the process in a nutshell. Uh, it started off with just 
let's ask a few of of our friends and our peers if they will will join in and then you know these ideas uh, snowball i i guess is is a uh, an applicable word uh and then uh, we we ended up with this crazy enormous project but i think that it's one that hopefully will stand the test of time and and that um the fans uh, like you said it will give uh, a lot of the metallica fans a chance to to rediscover different things and 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 different artists and different genres and and different interpretations and and as as you said yourself uh all four members of Metallica and Jason Newstead and Cliff Burton uh, and and so on uh, were all about diversity in music so I think it really mirrors the attitudes and and how all the members of Metallica feel about all the different genres out there yeah. Hey, man, there's a million things I'd love to talk to you about and a million rabbit holes I'd love to go down, but I know we don't have the time and I have to end in, in five but minutes. I can here, always but... call you back, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Monday's another day, Lars. I we could, could do hours. Like your, you know, I could be like your, you know, your this week, you know, the. Uh, I would love that. Man, I would that love that. Metallica, you know, we can go down. Don't, don't threaten like holes. that. Don't threaten like that. The audience would love it, man. We could do hours and hours because I'm just, my mind's firing on all these things I'd love to hit you with. But in the last few minutes that I have, uh, I got, I'd be killed if I didn't ask you or bring up the mandatory Metallica channel being back right here on Sirius XM. On, I know that's got to cool. be a lot of fun and you dig into how that, cool. right? Fuck yeah. No, how cool. I mean, uh, you guys are so gracious uh, that you always invite us to... Um, to uh, to come back to the channel and and I think as 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 we get more comfortable with the format we also get more adventurous and and this time we all rolled up our sleeves and I think got even deeper entrenched and everybody came up with playlists and everybody did uh, uh I I guess I'll refrain from using the word DJing but uh, we uh we did some ins and outs and 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 we uh, recorded a bunch of of things that you guys could use and um i mean it's been uh it's been great uh it's so much uh fun to be able to share uh songs that we appreciate uh, hard rock artists and non-hard rock artists and you know i've curated like a new way of british heavy metal show and and we've talked about some of the artists on the blacklist and we've talked about some of the black album experiences and and all of that so and and there's been uh, all these crazy live shows and crazy deep cuts and uh rarities and here's a song where we left out an entire chorus one time and here's a i mean all this stuff nobody should hear but it's really fun to sit 20 years later and laugh at or have a chuckle or or share with the fans obviously and and so it's been great to um to have the channel back up i think it's uh, on the app now for the rest of the fall and then i think it's going to come back on maybe again uh around the 40th uh in december i hope i'm not letting some cat out of the bag i'm not supposed to but uh but i i know it's it's on the app right now and um yeah i think i'm going to record uh, some more uh stuff for the channel probably next week and and I uh <laughs> the uh the team um the team uh asked if I would uh you know asked all four of us to come up with some some obviously we love sharing what we're into and uh you know come up with some non-metallica songs to play obviously and and I think I gave uh 
ended up giving like three or four hundred songs. I just went through like <laughs> I just went through it alphabetically and some of my iPods and here's this Blue Oyster Cult song that everybody has to hear from some album. Uh, it's crazy deep cut album. Or I I don't know if all the Metallica fans know uh, Dominance of Submission or you know, some Warrior Soul song everybody has to hear. Whatever the fuck. So I mean, it's been so cool. But that's cool. That's cool. That's to awesome. To be able to that's... share that and and yeah. what I've heard, uh, the feedback um, I think has been um, has been been better than ever. And obviously, I think as more artists get comfortable with the format, I mean, obviously you guys have some great stuff with the YouTube channel and the Tom Petty channel and, and, you know, a bunch of crazy cool artists. Uh, and so we're trying to just be, to kind of do, do that same thing with, with what we can throw our fans away. And, and so far the feedback's been exceptional. And like I said, um, um, I think all of us are going to keep recording stuff throughout the fall as the channel lives on the app for the rest of the fall. And then hopefully we'll circle back again, um, on, on the radio dial. Well, listen, man, I got to end because they'll clip me if I don't. I, I can't thank we you enough for the time. That. And I'm dead serious, man. You, you, you know how to reach me. I know how to reach you. I know you're busy. But anytime, there's hours. There's so much stuff I'd love to get into with you. But I know you're busy. When you have time, we'll do it. And uh, yeah, in December, we should mention. We've got, we've got a bunch of adventures coming up for the rest of the fall. I'm happy to stay in touch. And um, Yeah, we'll and, figure it we'll out. We'll check in with each other, and, and I'll give you some updates from from. Uh, from from the rabbit holes. <laughs> Please do. And I might try to make the show, uh, if I can get there in December, the four, the big 40th show of San Francisco. We'll, uh, That'll be we'll, amazing. We would love to have you. We would love yeah, to have and, you. We'll, uh, so hope, yeah. hopefully you can make it. Yeah, hopefully, and hopefully by then we can actually, you know, people can actually be in the same room together. So we'll see where we're at at that point, too. But anyway, man, best to your family. Congratulations on everything. And, and thanks so much for taking the time, Lars. I thanks, appreciate Eddie. it, man. Great to catch up with you. Much love from San Francisco. And I'll see you not soon enough. Well, Lars is certainly a man of his word, and we could certainly talk for hours and hours and hours. And that was about 40, 45 minutes of conversation with Lars. Great to visit with him. As I mentioned earlier, you heard me reference it at the beginning. Uh, We kind of got cut short the first time we were supposed to do that. So it was cool to be able to have Lars back on and have him get us some additional time in his very busy schedule. The Black Album reissue is out there right now, along with the Blacklist, the latest, uh, or I should say the uh, companion CD for charity to the Metallica Black Album reissue. Be sure to check that out. About 52 artists covering songs from the Black Album. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Thank you all for listening. Thanks to Joel Pollack for putting it all together for me. Listen for me on the radio each and every day on Sirius XM Volume 106, and I'll catch you back here next Thursday for another all-new Eddie Trunk Podcast, free wherever you get your podcasts.